Hi, this is Reg Harbick, and today I'm here with my friend and colleague, Tony Perry, who is the founder and CEO of Perry Marketing. And uh, they work very closely with mainframe organizations to, to really get the word out and, and keep the conversation going in the whole mainframe ecosystem. And uh, Tony, uh, I understand you've got some interesting mainframe background that led up to, to this current um, iteration of your career. How did you end up on the mainframe? That's a good question, Reg. I was uh, in about 2006 or seven or so, I was in the education space. I, I started in software in the late 90s and endured, um, endured the uh, uh, Y2K mm-hmm. and then uh, moved to Roanoke, Virginia to work for a software company. And then um, that company, I left that company and had an opportunity to go into the education space. So I was in EDU for a few years um, and then really had this hankering to get back into the software business. And at that time, I had moved across the country to Salt Lake City, Utah. Hmm. And um, this job came up in South Florida at a company called Allen Systems Group. I've heard of and them. they were a huge mainframe, vendor, well, huge, medium-sized mainframe vendor. And, um, you know, they had a spot open for a, uh, a marketing, um, a product marketing person. And so I went down there and that was my first mainframe job would have been 2008, around the summer of 2008. And so migrating from the desert of uh, middle to upper Utah to the warm, humid climate of uh, the tropical Southwest Florida was, uh, was very interesting. And working for Allen Systems Group, uh, I, uh, I got a lot of um, uh, drinking from the fire hose, as we would say, because the mainframe was quite different than any other software uh, that I'd ever worked for. And if you know Allen Systems Group, you know that they're big on telemetry monitors. And so I had to understand about performance and availability and how data is collected from the mainframe and plastered in dashboards. And dashboards were pretty innovative back then, too. As you know, the mainframe is uh, is a lot of... Um, 3270 screens and Vista a little with a little bit of uh, GUI in there, but ASG had some really cool technologies for uh, displaying information on dashboards that you wouldn't get elsewhere. They had this really cool um, CMDB product that would aggregate just an enormous amount of data and give you these really beautiful dashboards with it. And and I think it was uh, the beginnings of being able to have that enterprise-wide visibility for the mainframe and all of the dependencies that uh, deliver services from the mainframe. So it was a pretty interesting time to be uh, learning about the mainframe and jumping in there. Uh, And over the years at ASG, I I eventually moved up to uh, run marketing there. I ran global marketing there for uh, a couple of years. Cool. And um, then decided to, uh, to leave and go out on my own and start my own software company. And one of the first people I talked to was a guy that owned the CoreLog. And CoreLog was a security information event management on the mainframe. And uh, at the time, not very many people were doing mainframe security. And um, so I met with them and I, I asked the guy, I said, hey, uh, I'm looking to start my own business. And he said, what can you do? And I said, well, I can do this, 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 and this. And he said, I need all of that. And so that was the beginning of this company here. And that's been 10 years ago this summer. So we're, we're about to cross the 10-year threshold of my company right now, which is a technology marketing company. And uh, I would say 80 to 90% of our business involves uh, mainframe vendors, both U.S. and in Europe. So I have a, a couple of clients in Europe. I do some work with a company down in South America. 
And, uh, you know, we just help people talk about the mainframe and how, how, how good the mainframe is and how it's not going anywhere. And we help them optimize it and uh, secure it. Cool. Now, um, of course, the journey you've taken has, has been sort of multidimensional because on the one hand, you came up through technology, but then you found yourself in marketing. And yet it was when you found yourself in marketing that you discovered mainframe. So you must have a very different perspective on mainframe from other people. What are some of the kinds of insights do you think that you might have been able to get that other people who just do a pure play technology career on the mainframe might have missed? Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a great question, and it is a different perspective, Reg. I look at the mainframe as um, probably more holistically than than a developer mind or a programmer might. Um, I I look at it as a connection to many other things, delivering a business service. Um, and because of that perspective, I I um, you know if you look at the the inner workings of an enterprise software company. The, the marketing people and the product managers are really the hub of, of the wheel of all of the activity of the life cycle of selling that software. So uh, the, the marketing and the product manager pe- uh, guys are, and gals are, are uh, connected at the hip and they, uh, they bring together a multitude of different departments in the organization, development, um, uh, customer services, uh, deployment services, integration services, um, sales, they uh, work on the operation side. Um, you know, it's, it's an integration of many different um, uh, orga- business units of a, of a large organization and the communication and the knowledge is uh, in, a, in a best practice in a, in a perfect world is funneled through the product manager team as well as the marketing team. I was very fortunate at ASG to have uh, the most brilliant product managers I've ever worked with, and they taught me a tremendous amount of, um, of uh, old school mainframe learning. Uh, you know, these guys were, were in the mainframe business but dating back to the 70s and 80s. And, um, you know, I, I had a, an extreme thirst for knowledge because I'm, I'm a marketing person, but I'm a bit of a geek. And so I latched my myself onto these uh, product managers and they were instrumental in the learning that I got back then and, and a lot of the learning I have today. Now, that's one of the things I, I take from what you're just saying is, is just that that most essential and uniquely mainframe thing. And it shouldn't be uniquely mainframe, but I, I assert that it is. And it's the, the middle name of both COBOL and IBM which is business, you know, that, that in the world of mainframe, we are as close as you can get to being unapologetic for being business. Now, sometimes you get people who are sort of, you know, sticklers for one particular approach and, and don't want to see money being made. But for the most part, most people, I think, recognize that the mainframe is all about healthy, functional business that's, you know, about generating, you know, solid, credible revenue with a really credible platform. Uh, and I think that's one of the things a lot of mainframers don't really get a chance to immerse themselves in during their careers because they're so focused specifically on the technology. Um, I'd be interested in your, your additional thoughts then about uh, just how you see business unique on the mainframe versus other competing platforms that might have a more generic perspective. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's another interesting point that I probably should have brought up when I was telling you about just my perspective on the mainframe in general is, is that if you think about somebody walking into a bank or, or walking up to an ATM machine, you know, they don't, they don't really care what technology is pushing the service that they're consuming. Mm-hmm. You know, they just know it, 
it better work, you know, and it, and it, um, it, it, looking at it from that perspective, you know, there's, I'm trying to think of the number of times that I've ever gone on to my banking portal or walked up to an ATM machine or, or something that was uh, a result of a service being pushed out by the mainframe and it not working. And that's, that's a very rare occasion, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think the, the, the thing that I would say about my role and my perspective on the mainframe is I get to see that whole uh, transaction. You know, I get to see it from the depths, from the, from the bowels of the mainframe and the, in the, you know, the bits and bytes of it and the, and even the hardware all the way through to the life cycle of the, the, the service being delivered to the end user. And, you know, that, that is a, um, that's a big space, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if you're, I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to see it from the sales and marketing perspective that it's just one big, um, one big transaction uh, or one big series of transactions that delivers something of value to the world, you know, America, you know, the, the consumer. And, and, you know, that's a perspective that you get if you're, if you're on the marketing side and the product manager management side cool. that you wouldn't get from the, from a, being down deep into the weeds of the technology. Okay. Now, um, as, as I, I listen to that and, and think about it, um, you know, I, I guess one of the things that, that really jumps out at me is the, the, the hmm, just trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, the, the way that the, um, the technology is, uh, um, it is growing and expanding and adapting that meets business needs um, that is, is sort of almost invisible and underappreciated, but is so responsive to specific business requirements. And, and I think part of that is the way that people who have that, that, you know, uh, above the partition, shall we say, view, um, you know, think about the, the uh, people doing the, the gopher or whack-a-mole thing at, at work and they sort of stand up above the partition, see what's all going on, of, of what's happening from a, a uh, broader perspective. Um, and I, as I think about that, I, I just sort of wonder what some of your thoughts are about things on the one hand that you've seen happen on the mainframe that have really marked it out over the past few decades of your experiences as you know, doing something unique and spectacular, but uh, perhaps even more important, uh, given that, um, you know, in so many ways, I would assert the mainframe is sort of like a permanent ground floor experience. You know, we think about those those bands like the Beatles that took, you know, 10 years to become an overnight success, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell's uh, requisite 10,000 hours of experience. Uh, but we look at the mainframe and it's got that that requisite experience many times over, and yet it keeps being rediscovered. And, and I, I sense that we're at sort of the, the cusp of a, a, a new age of, of mainframe as it becomes yet again an overnight success. But I'd be really interested in your thoughts on some of the ways that it has, and, and more to the point, that, that you think it will or should, or that you would like to be participating in it happening. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, uh, and we were talking before we we started the podcast, and you were talking about the work you're doing um, with your with your PhD. I guess you're getting a PhD, uh, master's, degree, master's, master's. I'm sorry. That's good. And um, and talking about the human interaction to the mainframe, and the thing that popped in my head was, you know, Ken Burns did a movie about baseball and how baseball. Um, it based, if you look at the timeline of baseball, it tells you a lot about America, you know, mm. and, and about um, the many different phases that America has gone through from the 1850s and 60s when baseball first started into the, to the 2020s, you know, where the things that are happening in America 
were reflected on the baseball field and vice versa. And if you think about technology from 19, 19, the early 1950s to, to 2020, you know, it could be that you could follow the mainframe along, those, along that timeline and get an understanding of technology America uh, mm-hmm. over the past 70 years. And, and that's the thing that people who aren't in this business don't really see and understand is, is that, you know, there were, there was a time when um, technology was not really um, a part of society, you know? And so, and so the mainframe comes along and it helps put somebody on the moon, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? And so um, then it starts to become an integral part of technology and, and they started saying, well, how do, how do we put this into the hands of, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Smith in his basement, you know? And so then they started um, making it smaller, you know, and, and making technology more accessible. And, and then over the years, it becomes even more accessible. And as they make technology smaller, the mainframe just kind of goes away from the public eye, but it's still there because, uh, uh, you know, lo and behold, in the late 1990s, the internet comes around. Mm. And so then the main, the mainframe becomes more front and center to, to, uh, to the general population. And then about 10 years later, the mobile device comes along. And so now the mainframe is more connected to, uh, to consumers than everything, you know? And so, um, you know, if you just look at the life cycle of technology from around the 1950s to today, you, you understand um, that it is part of America and it is part of um, this technological journey that we find ourselves in now to where, you know, I, I've said this to friends before, but we won't have um, technology companies and software companies in the future. We'll just have companies, you know. And, and you, you remind me of what uh, Intel's Andy Grove said at a keynote uh, that I sat in on the late 90s. Uh, he said, you know, in the future, there will not be any e-business because any business that isn't any business exactly. will be out of business. Exactly. I see. I see. Um, I see the term uh, digital marketing all the time, and it and it, it just kind of makes me chuckle inside because I think, well, all marketing is digital now because mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't send film to a printer anymore. You send mm-hmm. a, a digital file, and that was the last vestiges of of uh, anything that's not uh, printed. But you know the the mainframe. Um, you know, even crime, you know, you could follow the, the line of, of um, digital crime along the journey of the mainframe as well, because, you know, around 2008, when, when the explosion of mobile devices uh, created this, this massive amount of transactions on, on the internet, you know, the thieves come through with the opportunity that they see. And so, you know, that was sort of the beginning of, we talked about this the other day, security information management and security event management. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it's been a mad race ever since it's been a mad race over the last 10 or 12 years to, you know, uh, find Jack the Ripper, if you will. Mm. Um, So I don't know if that answered your question, but that's kind of what popped into my head when you were talking about that stuff. So this has been really good. And I, I sense that you and I could just keep on going. In fact, you and I have had many great conversations. That's why I'm interviewing you. Uh, but I, I guess I wanted to just throw one more um, one at you before uh, we tie up. And that is, you know, I'd like to envision you to envision yourself um, making a, an important 
uh, demonstrable difference in the future of the mainframe in some way with your company or some other initiative you might undertake. And, and just sort of think about what impact that would have on the mainframe ecosystem technology, you know, whatever. Uh, and maybe if you could just talk about, you know, how you'd see the, the mainframe ecosystem improving in some way that you intend to or hope to contribute to. Oh, that's that's uh, where do you start? You know, mm. the, the the first thing that comes to mind is the uh, the dearth of experience that we're going to have um, for for mainframers in the next five years, and how do we solve that problem? Yeah, um, Zoe is part of part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, more more integration with other systems is part of the solution. You you now have this this role that uh, BMC introduced me to called the Universal DBA. Where there's such a shortage of DBAs that they're grabbing, you know, DBAs from Oracle and SAP and and uh, Windows and throwing them on the mainframe and, and filling gaps. Um, I have one client that has a, a an application parallel testing product to where it's just a Windows-based GUI where you could just you know, be a, a system, a Windows system administrator, and they can show you click here, click here, click here, grab this library and uh, create a testing container for these mainframers because they don't have time to do it. So we have to introduce the mainframe into more of a wide audience. And, you know, we're going to see some more platforms being available to non-mainframers to be able to transition to the mainframe. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing with WordPress. You know, WordPress did that for HTML. And, um, you know, there, there are these other tools like mobile application development platforms that do the same thing for application development on mobile devices. Uh, the, the stuff you hear about low code, no code applications. And so we have to, we have to make it more accessible and more native uh, to, to a wider audience to ensure that it's going to move into the next 50 years because it, it's not going anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, that, that's the, if I can help, um, if I can help be an evangelist that the mainframe's not going anywhere and that if you're a young person and you want to make some good money fast and get a job right out of college, you know, learn how to program and learn uh, the mainframe and some of these hybrid tools that are going to be used to help backfill uh, the roles that are disappearing on the mainframe, then um, uh, I'll be, I'll consider myself a success in technology. Cool. Well, Tony, it has been a real pleasure to chat with you as, as it always is. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time for this, uh, podcast. Thank you, Reg. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you having me. So I'll be back with another podcast next month, but uh, in the meantime, check out the other content on tech channel. You can also subscribe to their weekly newsletters, webinars, eBooks, solutions, directory, and more on the subscription page. I'm Red Harbeck.